we we often wonder why that it is that uh, he has not qualified he has not called us to do something that uh, we are qualified to do that we have confidence in ourselves that we can do and as we go back and we look at four different people in the Bible or four different groups of people in the Bible and exactly what the Lord said unto them. But first of all, let's open up with a word of prayer. Our kind and gracious, loving Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, for this another privilege to be used of you. God, now I pray, Lord, that you just touch my mind and my lips, dear God, Lord, that you would just bring into remembrance the things that you would have me to speak, dear God, Lord, that you would just use me and speak through me, dear God, and just have your way this day, dear God, that we may be lifted up in some way, dear God. Lord, I just thank you and I praise you for this privilege, for it's in Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. Four people, four heroes in the Bible that um, feared they weren't good enough. Uh, I've been there, and I just about say that anybody that the Lord has called to do a work has been there, um, wondering why me, Lord. Um, uh, I, and we can give all kinds of excuses uh, as why we we don't need to be there. And the the thing about it is, though, is we don't have any reasons. You know, God called us to do a job. He wouldn't have called us if he knew that we couldn't do the job. And uh, we're going to look at four different ones. The first one is Isaiah. Now, Isaiah is a prophet who is most quoted in the New Testament uh, writers. Uh, he's wisely uh, revered for his faithfulness and his devotion to God, his calling. However... When God called him to be a prophet, he questioned the Lord, just like we all have. I'm sure that uh, Pastor Jonathan, Pastor Joe, Pastor Dwayne, we've all at one time or another, when the Lord called us to do the job, we we wondered why me. You know, I'm I'm, you know, I I'm not qualified to do this job. I I don't like to stand up in front of people and speak. I, I don't know your word. We have all kinds of excuses. And we're always we're always afraid that we're not good enough. Even now, even today, uh, when we've been doing this for so long, we still get to that point every once in a while that we we think that we are unworthy to to do this job that the Lord has set before us. And we are uh, we we are just not good enough. I, I don't know enough about the, the Word of God. I, and I, like I said, we still make excuses, but the thing about it is, is God has qualified us. He has called us. He knows we can do it or he wouldn't have called us. But Isaiah, uh, if, we go, if you go into Isaiah chapter 6, it describes the vision in which Isaiah had uh, when he was commissioned by God to be a prophet and Isaiah saw the Lord seated on his heavenly throne he responded in fear yeah he's seen the Lord and he knew the Lord was calling him and he it, it scared him in Isaiah 6 5 this, uh, then said woe is me for I am undone 
because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. He, he was, when he seen the Lord at that point in time, he was thinking, why am I seeing the Lord? I, I am unworthy. Uh, I, I don't measure up to him. Um, you know, there's all these different things that's going through his mind, just like we are today. Um, why is, why Lord, are you calling me to do this? Um, I, you know, I fail so many times. I come up short so many times. Uh, I have impure thoughts every once in a while. There's so many things that go through our mind, but the Lord knows better than we do. He knows us better than we know ourselves. Isaiah was afraid because he acknowledged his own depravity. Uh, and he knew that he was not holy like the Lord. He, he, he couldn't measure up to the Lord's standards. And I've got news for you. We're never going to measure up completely to the Lord's, uh, to his standard while we're in this body. We can get real close we can get to the point to where that we are uh, real close to him. And we need to strive for that perfection. We need to work toward that Christian perfection. We need to work toward that to be in Christ-like because we are Christians and we need to work toward that. And we will be working toward that when we leave this earth, whether it be by death or the Lord comes back and gets us. We will never, we will never get to that point. But the thing about it is, is the Lord knows that and he's willing to use us anyway. He knows you. He knows how that you have come up short. He knows that you are, that you have fallen away. He knows that you are possibly going to fall away again. He knows that, but still yet, he, he is willing to use you because you are willing and he had, and you have something that the Lord sees in you that he can use to help others. But he was afraid. He wasn't righteous enough. And uh, he, he wasn't even righteous enough to stand before the Lord, much less serve as the Lord's mouthpiece. And Isaiah expressed his fear in Isaiah 6 and 7. And this is what happened. When God gave him grace, God let, God let him understand that he had everything under control and he was going to use him. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this has touched thy lips and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. That's the one thing that we've got to remember. By Jesus going upon, dying upon the cross for us, our iniquity has been taken away, and our sins have been purged. We are on the right path. We are following the Lord, and now then we need to just accept the calling that the Lord has upon our, our heart and life, Am I ever going to feel like I, that I am worthy to do what the Lord wants me to do? Probably not. 
do I have confidence in myself? No, I do not. But still yet, the Lord said, I need you. I want to use you. This is what your job is going to be. Now then, I need to say, here I am, Lord. Use me. Isaiah wasn't rebuked because of his fear. Uh, rather, he was purified before the Lord and declared clean. God empowered him to fulfill his calling, changing Isaiah with, charging Isaiah with responsibility despite his initial fears. God empowered Isaiah just as he empowers us when he calls us. He, he doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call. This is where that we have to go through a, a learning time. But, you know, the thing is that we need to be learning from the time that we give our heart and life to God. We need to be in a learning mode from that time till we leave this world. We need to take, you know, our one thing that we should ask God for daily is knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Those are the three things that we need more. I don't care if you are uh, a singer, if you are a teacher, if you are a preacher, or are you, if you are just someone that has given your heart and life to God and uh, your calling is praying for others or helping others. We all need those three things from the Lord more along with mercy, grace, and, and patience. But we need those. And I ask the Lord um, quite often, teach me, Lord. I, I need more of your, of your understanding. I need more of your knowledge. I need more of your wisdom. Teach me. Moses, number two. And we all know, basically know the, the story of Moses. Uh, he was a a revered leader of the Israelites. He led them out of the land of Egypt, um, and he led them through the promised land, but yet he came up short and he failed, and the Lord still used him in a great and a mighty way. Now, he didn't make it over into the promised land himself, but he led them up to the point to where that they could go into the promised land. But if you remember... When in uh, Exodus uh, chapter four uh, of how Moses he came by this bush and it was burning, and he stopped to look because his curiosity was aroused. It it was like one of those things. It wasn't something that was out of the ordinary that the bush was burning. But the thing that that caught Moses's eyes was the bush was burning, but it was not consumed. So he had to stop and check this out because this was something totally different. That's, that's what God usually calls us to do is something totally different out of our uh, uh, comfort zone, out of our uh, what we would think that we could do for the Lord. And that's what the Lord was, had to get his attention. Now that he's got his attention, he's going to, he's going to tell Moses exactly what he wants him to do. And Moses going to resist God. He's going to make all kinds of excuses. But in the end, he had to do what the Lord wanted him to do. 
in Exodus 4, 10 through 13. And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of slow of tongue. In other words, he's telling the Lord, Lord, I, I can't talk. You know, you knew that when I first walked up here and nothing's changed since then. So why are you asking me to go and deliver these people out of Egypt and to talk to Pharaoh when I, I have a problem speaking? And the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth? Or who hath maketh the dumb or the deaf or the seeing or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. And he said, O my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him whom thou wilt send. In other words, <laughs> Lord, please send somebody else. I, I don't want to do this. I can't do this. Um, you know, we've all, we've all told the Lord this. Lord, there is no possible way that I can do this. I cannot stand up in front of people and talk. I don't, I, when I was in school, I, don't, I didn't even like to get, stand up and give book reports. I don't want to be called on. Leave me back over in the corner by myself and, and don't even call on me and we'll be fine. The Lord said, no, you, I've got a job for you and this is what I want you to do. Moses didn't think he, he was contempt enough, competent enough. He didn't think he was good enough to be a leader of God's people. Um, and much less go and talk to Pharaoh. Uh, he, he just, he just know the Lord, this is, this is not right. Even though God told him, he said, I'll, I'll empower you. I'll give you everything you need. I'll touch your mouth. You'll be able to speak fine. Um, I'll give you the, the bonus that you need to go in. Uh, and he, he told him he's going to do all these things. And Moses said, no, no, not going to happen. In other words, he told the Lord, he said, send somebody else. Don't send me. I just don't want to do this. Similar to Isaiah, God showed Moses grace. He did get angry with him, but he showed him grace. And, and he helped, he found someone to go with Moses, which, uh, would be in line to help Moses in a in, um, great many ways as they went along. In Exodus 4, 14 through 16, And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, Is not Aaron the Levite thy brother? I know that he can speak well. And also, behold, he is coming forth to meet thee, and when he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart, and thou shalt speak unto him, and put words in his mouth, and I will be with thy mouth, and with his mouth, and will teach you what ye shall do, and ye shall be thy spokesman unto the people, and he shall be, even he shall be to thee instead of a mouth, and thou shalt be to him instead of God. Lord said, fine. You want to stick with that story? This is what's going to happen. Aaron, your brother, is coming to meet you. Now then, I'm going to speak to you. You speak to Aaron, and Aaron will speak to the people, and he will speak to Pharaoh. If you if you don't want to do the job that I have set in for you, you're going to do it one way or the other. You're going to lead the people, so you might as well 
get ready to do it. And to help you out and get you started, I'm going to send somebody to help you. And he sent Aaron, his brother. And just as God had promised, he did equip Moses and Aaron to lead the people of Israel. If you remember, uh, they led the people out of Egypt. And while they was there, Moses got a little bit more boldness and a little bit more, uh, I guess, uh, being able to speak a little bit better and everything because eventually he started to speaking to the people himself and not so much using Aaron. But Aaron had still had a place there. Maybe this was not only for Moses but also for Aaron to get him jump-started into what that he wanted, what God wanted him to do. You know, we, we don't never know where our journey is going to lead us as we start and, and follow God. You know, many years ago when the Lord called me to preach, ne- never did in a thousand years did I ever uh, even once think about teaching Sunday school. Never once did I ever think about teaching on a podcast, but yet here I am. And God has brought me through my journey since that point in time to where I am now. And he is still continuing to use me, and he's still continuing to teach me, and he's still continuing to build me up and, and, and show me the way that he wants me to go. You know, we don't never know. All we need to do is say, yes, Lord, here I am. And... We will follow you, and you teach us what we need to know. The spies of Israel. We remember when they come up the first time uh, to go into over Jordan into the Canaan land. They sent uh, Moses sent spies over to go out and spy out the land and to come and bring them a report back, and. Fear of not being good enough is a common feeling, and even among the elite of the people of Israel. Uh, When people came to the position, to to the promised land, God told Moses, send a leader. Send someone that is a very strong leader, someone that is open-minded, someone that can go in and, and spy out the land and come back and tell you exactly what's going on. One man from each tribe. And go out and check out the land and see see just exactly what's going on. And they did. And when they came back in Numbers chapter 13, 1 through 3, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men, that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers shall ye send a man, every one a ruler among them, And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran, and these men were heads of the children of Israel. These were men that they could count on, that they were honest people. They knew just exactly uh, what was going on. But when they went in and they, they looked at the land and everything, the land was good. It was very fertile. The, the, the crops and everything was, was enormous. But so were some of the people. In uh, 13, 31 and, and Numbers 13, 31 and 33. 
But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we, and they brought up an evil report of the land which they searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land though which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that saw it we saw in it are men of great statue, and there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. I want you to go back up there just a minute. And they brought a neighbor report and then said, we are not, here we are, we be not able to go up against the people. And they were right. They weren't able. I'm not able in my own self to do the calling that God has called, has put upon me. There's no way. My prayer every day, God, is give me, is be with me. You work through me. Let, get me out of the way and you work through me because I cannot do this myself. I've got to have you, I've got to have help from you because I can't do it. And that one statement right there is very true. We are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. But, you know, we, we go back through and as we uh, keep studying about the children of Israel and them going in and taking the promised land, we're going to find out that numbers don't mean nothing. Strength don't mean nothing. When it comes to fighting battles, I can do all things through Christ Jesus, which strengthens me. I can't do them by myself, but I can do them with God's help. That's the only way I can do them. Even though God declared, they, he told, God told them, I'm going to give you the land. You know, don't worry about nothing. I've got everything under control. All you have to do is you have to go in and you have to possess the land. You have to listen to me. You have to follow my instructions, and I will give you the land and everything in it. Okay, now he's he's got a calling upon your life, and now he's saying, okay, you, I want you to preach my word. Uh, I will I will give you everything that you need. I will be with you. I will tell you what to say. All you have to do is stand. See, the thing about it is, is obedience. We've got to obey. We've got to listen to the Lord, and we've got to obey him. Obedience is better than sacrifice. And obedience is the one thing that is our initial movement to show the Lord that Yes, Lord, here I am. I'm going to do the work that you have set in for me. And you have walked through that door and you have closed the door behind you because you're not going back up and you're continuing forward and you're saying, Lord, teach me. Teach me. Show me what you want me to do and be with me. And that's what these people are doing. Even though they they have they have made excuses and everything of why that something can't be done. There is not one reason why, because God said you can. God says you can. 
I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. All things. It doesn't matter what God calls you to do. You can do it. Lean on him. Follow him. And let him teach you how. Gideon. Gideon is one of the, one of the great heroes. And, and this is a, a prime example of Gideon. If you will go and you will follow uh, and read about Gideon's battle against the Midianites and the, and the Malachites, I believe it was, if you will read uh, and study his uh, battle against them, you would find out just exactly that that uh, size and numbers of people and the size of the people it don't mean anything. And they these these men that the Lord chose to go with Gideon against these these people these thousands and thousands of people were three hundred three hundred. And we, we worry about God wanting us to do anything. But Gideon resisted God. And the Lord had to had to show him some things. And in uh, Judges chapter 6, 14 through 16, it said, And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might. And thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I have not I sent thee? And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites. As one man. He said, Lord, I, how in the world can I do this? I, I am I'm nothing. Uh, I am very poor. I, I'm the least in my father's house. There's no possible way that I can go up against this army that is so huge and so big. He's right. He can't. But the Lord said, I will surely be with thee. God is telling us, I am with you always. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. He's always right there. He's always going to be there. Sometimes we walk off from him, but he's right there where we left him. When we figure out that we've left him and we turn around and come back, he's right there waiting on us. And a lot of times when we figure out, you know, that I've messed up, I need to go back, and we start walking back, he comes to meet us, like the prodigal, the father of the prodigal son. Gideon, uh, he expresses a sentiment that is all too relatable. I am not good enough. How many of us has said that at one point or another? I am not good enough. There's, there's, there's nothing. I am not good at nothing. I'm a, everything I do, I fail at. Uh, you know, I have started this and I've done this and I've done that and I failed at all of it. So why in the world would God would you want me to do this thing that you're calling me to do? Why? Because I failed at everything else. Uh, you know, and I'm going to fail at this. Well, you know. With that attitude, you will. But you've got to remember, 
that we when we get to following the Lord and he's in charge of everything, we will come out victorious, just like Gideon did. Even though the, the people that he went out to uh, fight was a mighty army, a huge army, uh, and they filled up one whole valley. And uh, to get into the story, uh, I, uh, let me see if I can find that right real quick. Uh, Judges chapter 7. Uh, then Jerubbabel, which is Gideon, and all the people that were with him rose up early and pitched beside the well of Hardin, so that the, men, the host of the Midianites were on the north side of them by the hill of Moray in the valley. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites unto their hands. Least Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, Mine own hand has saved me. Now therefore go to proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, Whosoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from Mount Gilead. And there, and there returned of the people twenty and two thousand, and there remained ten thousand. So he had a, a, a huge army with him, Gideon did. And the Lord said, nope, said, you've got too many people. So he finally, they got down to 300 men. Now then, God is wanting Gideon to take these 300 men and he's wanting them to overtake this huge army that's in this valley. And the Lord told them how exactly how to do it. And Gideon used, and the Lord used Gideon and these three hundred men to go in and fight a battle, and overtook these people and took them out with three hundred men. And they, it's it's just one of those things that where God moves and God moves in such a miraculous way, and then you step back and you go, "Wow, I did not see that coming." So what does that mean for us today, these examples? It means that no matter what's going on, no matter what God asks you to do, you can do it as long as you depend upon him and as long as you follow him. Uh, we've, we've, at some point in time, every Christian has been to that point to where that we are just uh, scared to death. God tells the, the God directs us in a way by somebody asking us in the church or something else. They have something that they feel, the church feels that we would be good at. And we said, no, no, I don't want no part of that. But the more we think about it and the more that the Lord deals about with us and everything and we pray about it, then we find out, okay, Lord, I'm going to try this. So let me... Let me try this for a while, and if everything works out, then I'll do it permanently. Then, and then that way, I I'll tell the the pastor, I'll tell uh, the Lord that you know I'll try this for a while, Lord, and if it don't work out, you know, then I ain't going to do it no more. But whenever God is in the calling, it will work out. And the, the thing about it is, is that one thing that you were so afraid of doing and so scared of 
when you finally get in there and you finally start doing it, you want to do it more. You want to do it more. And God uses you more. And, and the next time it's a little easier when he calls you to do something. And the next time it's a little easier. And we've got to depend upon the Lord. I mean for everything, especially in this, this day that we're in right now. Time is getting uh, getting short, and we need to lean upon the Lord and lean upon his understanding and and uh, follow him and let him teach us because it's going to come to a point to where that's the only thing that we've got left because this world is getting to a place to where that Christians are going to be uh, looked upon, frowned upon, and they're going to do everything that they can to do away with Christianity to do away with us, uh, those of us who do the will of the Lord and teach the will of the Lord, and it's it's not going to get it's not going to get any better. It's going it's definitely going to get worse. But we need to we need to to go through the Bible and pick out some of these people that that they the Lord has called them and has got a calling upon their life, and they question God. I mean, it's it's human nature. I've done it many times, and dare say about all of you have done it at some point in time. At some point in time, you have said, I cannot do this. This is impossible. Um, and, you know, I have done it many a times and probably will do it again. But every time that I do that, the Lord shows me that I can not by myself, but shows me that I can do that through and by him. Lean upon the Lord. Lean upon his understanding. Trust in him. Let him teach you. Yes, some of his lessons are, are not the most pleasant lessons in the world because we're going to find out some things about ourselves that we need to change a lot of and it's, it's sometimes change is good. All the time change is good, but a lot of times it's hard. It's hard to change things that we have done all of our life, and then all of a sudden uh, you do it, and then this light comes on, and you oh, I shouldn't have done that. And then you get to thinking about it, and you get to talking to the Lord about it, and you find out just exactly how wrong that you have been doing this thing for so many years human nature, things that we are taught that, we, uh, you know, and we think nothing about it. And then all of a sudden the Lord convicts us of it. This is what we need to lean upon. Look for those changes. Don't tell God you can't do it. Just tell God, Lord, I'm going to need help to do this. I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to step out. I'm going to do it. But I'm going to need help doing it because I cannot do it by myself. He will always be there with you. And he will always, always give you what tools you need to do the job that he has called you. I guarantee it. Let me tell you from experience, it doesn't matter what it is. He will teach you and he will guide you and he will show you ways to get the knowledge that you need to do what he wants you to do. Every time, it never fails.
Thank you all for listening this morning. I hope to get to see everybody in a little while at Agape. Don't forget about that at 1130. And then after after that, we're going to meet at church at 3, I believe, for uh, fix the uh, dinner for the community tonight. Looking forward to that. But God bless you all until we see until we meet again. Thank you.